0: You're a parent, a student, or a staff member that takes Northern Nevada high school sports seriously. Huh, you ain't seen nothing. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If it's high school sports in Northern Nevada, we're not only talking about it, we're right, right in the, the middle of it. it. News and information you can trust. Let's do this. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. And now your host, Michael Reeves.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. And we're gonna get started today continuing our countdown kickoff series. We have the Damani Ranch Mustangs coming up here. A team that had a different head coach last year. Um Hired a head coach and then that coach was unable to fill the position and then hired Ty Gregg who let me tell you folks when I had a interview with him I was pretty impressed with the way that not only did he handle this seamless transition not just from previous head coach but previous head coach to head current head coach to now. Uh, Ty Gregg is is one of those guys that seems like he's really got the program going in the right direction And the kids as you'll hear in a couple of interviews really showed some great belief in him So um, we're not going to take too much of your time talking about the Mustangs. I think they'll have a good season um, They'll be competing with a lot of the teams up near the top, but you know who knows again, as we've always said who knows uh, what they do, because every team has expectations on paper, and then we see where they go from there. But without further ado, I want to get to our very interesting interview with the head coach of the Damani Ranch football program, Ty Gregg. I'm here with Ty Gregg, head football coach at Damani Ranch High School. Coach, first of all, how does that even feel, hearing head football coach at Damani Ranch High School after all these years of coaching?
2: You know, it's, it's, uh, for me personally, being a head coach again was something I knew I wanted to do. Um, I just didn't know when and where. Um, obviously, coming here and being an assistant coach under Coach Dupree, um, you know, I, that was my choice after being a head coach at another school um, for for a lot of reasons. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him and and was great working with him, learned a lot of new things that I hadn't learned in the previous 20-some-odd years. So, um, you know, I, I, knew that at some point we just didn't know when that was going to happen or, or if it would be here. I, you never know. Um, and so like when, when this all came down, I still wasn't sure if that's something I was ready to do, uh, knowing that I would probably do it at least one more time before I was, uh, done coaching. And so when kind of things started to go a certain direction with, you know, the, the other head coach that we had, you know, we looking to bring in, um, had a conversation with my family and, and basically realized, well, maybe now is the time. And so, uh, obviously, being an assistant in this program, I was familiar with what was successful and what was going well. And it, it's not like we had to reinvent the wheel. So, that part of it has been uh, fairly comfortable. And so, uh, been able to kind of apply all those things that we knew were working and, and just hit the ground running. Obviously, I haven't had a ton of time to sit there and wonder and worry or whatever the case may be. So it's just like, let's just go. And so that's what we've been doing.
1: I have plenty of Friday nights to ponder decisions. Trust me. Absolutely. But uh, a couple of quick questions before we get into position players. You talked about not knowing where the next spot would be when you wanted to go back into head coaching. Now, with it being a program you knew, with it being a school as new as Damani Ranch, I mean, it's still one of the newest in the districts. The facilities are still great. Uh, you have a brand new football field, basically. Uh, how is it coming to a high school that you feel gives you every opportunity su- to succeed?
2: Sure. No, th- those are th- having not to worry about those types of, of things, you know, are the, are the facilities good enough or are we gonna have to go worry about this other thing that you shouldn't have to worry about it allows us to really do our job and and coach kids and get them going in the right direction and give them all of the things that we feel um, allow them to do their job as, as basically professional student-athletes you know and they can be you know outstanding student-athletes and we give them every opportunity to do so and they take that on and they do a really good job of that here and you know I've always felt and and through the process of, of change even before I became the head coach I felt like our our student athletes here at Damonte Ranch are well adjusted and um, are able to do the business of being student athletes and can handle change, they can handle adversity, they can handle all those things and and they've done a really good job of that. So that knowing that we, those are the kids that we have, you know, that really has made things smooth um, and really exciting to know that those are the kids that we're working with.
1: Now we're going to go into the position groups. First and foremost, we have quarterback Cooper Anderson. He's coming back. He played last year. How do you? See his progression from last year continue into this year, and um, whether it be Cooper, whether it be backups, what do you expect to see overall from that position group?
2: Uh, we, we've seen a, a ton of improvement, and, and that's always always the case, right? I mean, you're always, you, you should you take those lessons and learn and apply them for the next time you do them, and, and Cooper has certainly done that, and we knew he would. Um, we knew he would from last year, and, and certainly he's done that. Even though things have changed, some things are the same same, and some things have changed. And he's able to take take those lessons he's learned from last year and apply them and, and just hit the ground running. And we've been really impressed with that with Cooper this year.
1: Now, last year we saw Mason Reasoner, a little bit of Cameron Rodriguez. Uh, What should we expect to see from your running back group? Any names you want to highlight and any uh, different changes in philosophies maybe? Because we know there are some coaches that traditionally have the bigger, tougher running back that they just want to pound and get three to four yards every run. And then we have some guys out there that obviously Coach Dupree was one of them. He wants his running backs to break it for a long one every single time.
2: Yeah, so we're gonna, you're going to see a committee it's very similar. We, we have um, obviously Cameron's returning. We have uh, DJ Gonzalez Brown, who was out most of last year um, with, with an injury. And so we really feel like he, he's ready, he's a junior, and, and, and he's ready to go. He's healthy, and, and he's really worked hard. And so, able to add him to the, the committee. Is, is going to make things really nice for us, um, especially if we got guys that are playing on both sides of the ball. Um, we have Joe Brown also, who's who's we know a guy that can run inside. So, you know, similar to what we've kind of done in the past here, we we've got a committee, and we expect to use them.
1: Now, one of the groups I think that could be a really good strength for you is your receiver and tight end core. I talked to Alex Rodehofer and I talked to Drew Vargas. Both seem like stellar guys off the field. And on the field, it's no different. Uh, I I expect Alex to fill right in where Cade was last year, his brother. Uh, What do you want to see from that receiver group, those two specifically, and then maybe any names that I may have missed? Sure.
2: Yeah, no, we we have that that is in in our older group of kids that is probably our deepest area is is those skill guys and, and the receivers and and when we want to use bigger tight end type guys we have not only alex we have connor kimmel uh coming back from last year um and then when we want to use guys that are a little bit smaller and quicker and and route you know designated route runners get open guys we we have some younger guys that are willing to step up and fill those roles also so i i I feel that's probably our our deepest overall group, is is our wide receivers, tight ends.
1: We move to the line offensively.
2: Jet uh, oh, Jed Norman, Norman is 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 one of those guys that as a returner, that uh, that should should do really well for us. this year.
1: It's all good, coach. Every every coach I talk to, I feel like we have to toss the mic back a few times. We always there's always one or two guys that you're like, wait, he had a breakout play the other day. Now we turn to the offensive line. I talked to Derek Watson, and as you know, I've talked to a lot of players, whether it be Bishop Minogue, Reed, Spanish Springs. We're going down to Douglas Carson here shortly. I was really impressed with Derek Watson's answers on some of the questions I asked. It seems like he really takes the game in mentally. And what do you have to say about him, A, as a player? Because, like I said, pretty impressed with him. And then when it comes to the rest of your offensive line, uh, Damani has had some big guys. They've had some smaller guys, though, over the years that have really played, I don't want to say better than their size, but they've really shown that they've got the heart of lions when they're out there on the line.
2: Right. So we've... We've traditionally had guys that are more athletic, um, but we've also had big guys. We've had um, ideally big and athletic guys is, where, is what you want. But you know, at the high school level, you, you, you go with guys that are intelligent, that are, that, you know, that are hardworking, and that are you know, physical and, and all of those things. And they don't always fit into the mold of you know, what an offensive lineman should look like. Uh, Derek is a guy that not only is intelligent, He's a hard worker, he's a great leader, leader by example. And what he probably said was that we have some young people that, that he's got he's to lead for, and that, that's what's going to have to happen. And we have some really good young linemen um, that are going to be helping us out this year on the varsity offensive line. And um, the great thing about him is that he's the perfect guy to lead them.
1: Now we move to the defensive side of things. On that line, you talk about two-way players. Connor Kimmel uh, played defensive line last year. I don't know if he's going to play again this year. Graduated Jordan Francisco and then Braylon tools was another player last year. I uh, don't know if he's returning or not So maybe fill in some of the gaps on what I don't know But that defensive line what do you expect to see from them? Are they gonna be a strength or is it gonna be a group that may be a little bit younger? But you could expect some big things from later in the season
2: is as, as young and inexperienced as our offensive line is going to be is the opposite of our defensive front, you know, we we are um, We have experience uh, we have depth and um, you mentioned Alex, uh, Connor Kimmel, returns from last year. Braylon is, um, you know, he, he's going to be very, very difficult to block. Very difficult to block. Um, so and he, he was, a, he was a, an honorable mention, I think, guy last year as a sophomore. Um, had a lot of sacks, and he's difficult to block. So he's, um, people are going to have to contend with our defensive line, and that's, that's where we have a lot of depth.
1: Well, and one thing I noticed looking at your roster, at least last year's depth chart from what I had from last year, there's a lot of seniors on the starting positions, but Braylon Tolls last year was a sophomore and is now a junior. I mean, when you can get that kind of production out of a sophomore, what do you, what do you think when junior year rolls around?
2: Well, we expect that everybody – well, number one, you expect them to get better and better and better. And number two, from the, you know, from the opponent's side is that, oh, you know they have our attention so he's gonna have to get better you know to be a force for us but he's also gonna know that he's gonna have the attention of the opponent um and so you know he's got to take that challenge on and i think he will
1: we look to the linebacker group uh looks like you may have a few returners coming back uh brown obviously um uh, and then some other guys, is there anybody you want to highlight this year? Because looks like could be a group that may also be a strength for you.
2: Right. We, we do have some, some, some depth and some returners at that group as well. Um, Michael Venencia was at one point, I believe, leading the state of Nevada in tackles, um, you know, coming off a JV year where he wasn't even a full-time, uh, guy that, uh, contributed at the JV level and then had a really good year last year. And, and he's back and and looking to have a really good senior year for us. So those are our our two oldest leaders in that group that we feel also is another strength of ours.
1: Go to the secondary, second to last position here. We go to the secondary, and... We saw that Drew played some cornerback last year, and then Jet Norman, not to be forgotten, he played some safety last year. Can we expect more of the same from them from the defensive side?
2: Yeah, no, our, our skill guys, you know, the good thing about having depth, you know, with our skill guys, um, it goes for both ways. And so a lot of those guys add to our depth on the defensive side as well. Um, I think, you know, DJ Gonzalez Brown is going to, you know, be able to add to that depth. We have. Um, a couple other guys that are going to be able to add to that depth that didn't play last year that are seniors um, that really do add to the depth of that defensive uh, backfield and add to the depth on both sides of the ball. So it, it's a it's a you know an area where I feel like we have some good returning depth.
1: Last but certainly not least, it's you know one of the key positions or key groups rather that people don't always think about, but I think is a really huge part. You look at some of the teams here in Nevada that don't have kickers and don't have great punters. It can really affect and change a game. Uh, Joe Brown kicked last year. And then something you don't always see, Cooper was punting. Do you do you expect to see more from those guys this year?
2: Yeah. No, Joe Brown's a really good kicker. Um, he's going to be uh, an asset for us certainly all over the field and, and change the – the Decision making of the game of the flow of the game, um, so that that's a positive to have coming back, and then and then having somebody that's a, uh has some dynamics and can do some different things, punting the ball is, is always a positive, you know, particularly at the high school level. So, we're going to try to use that to our advantage as much as possible and keep going, and it happens to be our best punter as well. So, that just kind of plays into that
1: now. We'll get into some of the more in-depth questions about the program. Um, First one, we talk about this has kind of been a difficult thing for Damani Ranch over the last 10 years with Coach Dupree and, and some of the things that have transpired, but roster size. You guys, we've seen smaller numbers from you guys in years past. What do you think attributes to that factor, and how do you now as the head guy change that?
2: Well, I don't... You know, honestly, I, I've always felt like, um, well, first of all, football is hard. You know, it's it's not easy. There's there's commitment. Um, it, it's why you don't have, you know, everybody want to come out and coach, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's a lot for very little. And um, the, the same goes for there's so much more things to do in high school, you know, than to get up. You know our kids are here at six thirty in the morning and they're here till eleven. I mean you just saw them leave so it's not easy. what I've felt since I've been here is that although those numbers smaller numbers have at some point maybe hurt us a little bit, um, we don't have extra people around that would normally be a contributor you know we have guys that contribute and so um, Although the numbers have increased a little bit over the last couple years, um, and we certainly want them to. I mean, I've talked to guys around town that have to cut people, you know. And, I mean, there's, there is – you can't have too many football players on a team, and because then you run out of things to do with them. And So we would certainly like to have a little bit better numbers, for sure. But we ultimately feel like it's because of our commitment level and what we ask kids to do. And, um, you know, we're going to keep that standard where it is because we feel like it helps us be successful and we feel like it helps us, you know, have have the best people playing for us. And so we we just certainly hope that you can get more and more that want to live up to that high standard.
1: Definitely. Now this next question there's there's been two different eras in Demonte Ranch football. There was from the beginning of Demonte Ranch and I want to say two thousand three, two thousand two in that area, all the way through the Coach Amentia years, where, you know, there were there were lucky to be two hundred fans in the stands and uh there were lucky to be more than six wins a season. And then there was Coach Dupree, ten years of unbelievable success, great sponsors, Great buy-in from parents. I mean, you'd see parents get ticked off if you didn't win by 20 in situations in the stands. Obviously, there's two different aspects to that. How do you teeter on that line of, hey, we're going to try to be Coach Dupree as quick as possible, but obviously it's going to take time, and we don't want to be coach coached down here where we're, we're happy with five, four, three wins, but you also got to know it's going to take time to get back there hundred percent
2: well we feel like the standard has been set um, of what we want to do and it, and we feel like it's about everything that we do the relationships we have with you know our players our our school our staff our community that all has been built over the years and it hasn't always been like a dividing line between this coach and this coach and losses and wins and wins and losses. Okay, so it, it is, it's, in my opinion, having been somebody that was from the outside looking in for several years and competing against Imani Ranch, you know, there are a lot of factors, as you know, that have gone into the enrollment of this high school. I and mean, you just have to look around and, you know, and know what, what things have changed over the years and, but, the standard has always been trying to increase, and certainly when Coach Dupree got here, you know, he was able to take that and and establish his standard that he wanted for this place, and and run with it. And in my opinion, we have to continue to do that. You don't. You don't say, oh, we're just gonna you know hope for the best here, and that's part of what I was talking about before, where I feel like our kids here can handle things and can know certain way to go about doing things and have been able to adjust accordingly and that's our direction and has to continue to go up
1: absolutely and coach hamantia i still think he's one of the best coaches that's ever coached in northern nevada football he's he's the one of the greats but you talk about you just got to look around uh being a graduate from this high school if you just go in the main office there's a picture of demonte ranch high school when it was built and there's the Walmart that's three miles down the road, and there's the high school, and there's no homes around it. So that tells you how much has changed in 20 plus years. So it's a
2: multifaceted thing that has led to the growth of Demonte Ranch, and we all know that, but it's certainly, you know, all we can do as coaches is to continue and elevate that standard. Of what we expect from people, and we know the wins and losses are going to take care of themselves. But we're going to do everything that we know how to do to give everybody, to give the program the best chance for success.
1: Now, you, I, I've heard a lot of we want to try to keep the standard very similar, raise the bar. A lot of those things that Coach Dupree set. Coach Dupree had a lot of positives, some negatives. How do you feel as the new head guy? How do you bring in? your flair on things and how do you make your changes and what have you already seen? Because talking to the players, I mean, the praise is out, out of this world when they, when they talk about you, because you do seem like a very personable guy. You seem like the type of guy that you command respect when it's time to command respect, but you also can be friendly when it needs to be
2: right. I, I, you know, I I have to be me. Um, And one of the things that in coming and coaching here um, that I think that Coach Capri and I worked very well together, um, and he relied on my perspective probably a lot more than those guys realized because it would happen in this office a lot. And I think the more things went along, the more they realized that, okay, you know, Coach Capri talks to me about certain things at certain times, and I always was trying to be helpful. Uh, But ultimately, excuse me, it's a cold, don't worry. uh, ultimately, I got to be me, right? I got to do it my way. And, you know, it's where I'm at now as a head coach versus where I was when I resigned in, you know, at the other school in 2013, is totally different. Um, but I got to do it my way. I can, and, and I got to be me. You know, I'm not going to, I certainly can't come out and pretend to be somebody else. Uh, I'm going to do the way things uh, I feel need to be done but like i said before able to maintain a standard that i felt was real positive and an atmosphere that i felt was real positive by the person i was working with before in coach dupree i'm at the age i've been doing this long enough to know that my ego doesn't have to be you know all my way you know i can take things from what i've learned along the way and apply it to now but i still got to be me you know, per, certainly personality-wise. So that's what I'm trying to
1: do. You and I talked before this. You've coached a few places. You've learned a few things along the road. What would you say in your coaching, previous to today, in your coaching history has probably helped you out best in just getting you prepared for this role and what you're ready to help these kids with this season?
2: You know, it's, it's, it's you know, we say it to kids all the time. You know, it's, it's when you're not successful. That, that's when you learn, you know, the most. So, um, conversations I had with Coach Dupree many times. I talked about in in a previous job when things weren't going well, overthinking everything, and over coaching and making changes for the sake of changes. And you know, and we would talk, and he, and he's like, yeah, you know, you don't have to do that as much, you know, in a place like this because you keep doing what you're doing and. And you're doing the right thing, and, and things work out. And you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have, but you just you don't overreact. Um, I would say that's probably the, the thing I've learned the most from being here and being a part of other successful programs, whether as a head coach or as an assistant coach, is realize you have a standard and you do things, you have a way of go about doing things, and you can vary a little bit, make little tiny adjustments from time to time, but you don't just change for the sake of change.
1: This one is not a, it's a little bit off script, but you got me thinking. Um, Since there was a little bit of a transition, Coach Dupree left, there was another head coach that came but didn't last, and then you're here. Have you, when you were named the head guy, did you reach out to Coach Dupree and ask for any advice or talk to him about the job or anything of that nature since it seems like you guys had a relatively close relationship prior?
2: He's the first person I called. Unfortunately, um, it had got out to social media, I think before uh, I was even able to tell our assistant coaches. Um, but fortunately he, he wasn't connected to that thing. And so I, I was wanting to tell him first that how things had played out. Um, and so out of, out of respect for, for him and the program and you know, just everything. And obviously I'd talked to Coach Acord about things because you know he had talked to me about what was going on and so uh he just the first person I reached out to and and he was excited for me and said go get him you'll do great
1: now each fall we ask the coaches uh we send out a questionnaire for our magazine just basically stating hey what's your offense defense special teams what's it all going to look like and As much as I love Coach Dupree, some of his answers, he was very matter-of-fact. When we asked last year what his offense would look like, he said, multiple spread, in quotes, defense, multiple front. So, as you could tell, he was quite wordy, no pun you know. But what should we see... From a coach, Greg, offense, defense, special teams mentality, and I, I'm gonna probably sing you the questionnaire here in a few weeks. But what could we see possibly on that?
2: You know, I think it'll be very similar, and, and that's, you know, we've we've part of the adjustment and part of the the learning curve, and and what changes, you know, you can make in a certain amount of time and be effective and keep the trajectory going. Um, so we've we've definitely. You know, to say multiple spread is, is accurate. But, um, you know, I, I will say that we're going to, you know, we'll try to. It's still different, you know, but we're going to probably look similar, but we're going to be a little bit different. We're going to tried to simplify things a little bit for our, our guys and allow us to maybe go a little bit quicker and put a little more pressure on the defense, excuse me, at, at times. Um, but otherwise, it's generally similar and then defensively you know that we, we we hope to have the same the same look that we've always had but we, like I said we mentioned three of our really good linemen and and so we we expect in our linebacking course we expect that to be a strength of ours so we'll try to put them in in the best position possible without changing too much stuff to allow them to to be aggressive and go special teams i i feel, i felt like you know, as much as he probably didn't say very much, but uh, you know, Coach, we, we had a really good special teams philosophy and way of going about doing things here, and, and we've tried to continue that.
1: Don't don't worry. Coach Dupree wasn't the only one. We've had a few coaches that uh, have made some funny jokes over the years in our, in our questions. So, um, you've been around a minute in Northern Nevada football. This is, take athletic director opinion out of it, take Uh, Anybody else's opinion, uh, NIAA, Washoe County, if you were to change Northern Nevada football, one thing, one change, what would you do as being, you know, you?
2: Oh, boy. Um, Gosh, that's a tough one. Um, is this the five a four a question
1: oh I that one i have I have that one lo, uh, ready for the next one
2: I, I feel like I feel like you know the thing about northern Nevada football and i 've been here since two thousand eight, which is the year that McQueen won the state title under it was Ken Dalton's last year uh, so i 've been in the, in the area since then and and i 've been nothing but impressed with the coaches and the 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 kids the the abilities the the talent um to me it all matches up for the area you know like we have some years we have some some division one talent come out of a town this size and some years you don't and that's no different from any other place that i've lived and so you know i know some when you've lived here your whole life you think everyone thinks it should be different um but you know I, i've been other places and I, and it's to me it's it's par for the course as far as that goes but I, I mean, we have great professionals here. We have great uh, professionals that, that take care of our kids. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we should always want to play with, with schools that are the same size. That's always helpful. Um, but otherwise, I, I feel I, I can only have compliments about Northern Nevada football.
1: Well, I will kind of touch on that 4A, 5A question, because I am asking everybody about it, because it is a touchy subject for some, and some it's – Here's my opinion, and it's not that big of a deal. Um, you have teams like Reno Baseball that are competing for state championships every year. They, they haven't won one in almost 10 years, but they're competing. And then you have the situation with Northern Nevada football where we won't say it, or most football coaches won't say it, but you're happy to be in the state title game. That's not winning the state championship, but it's, it's, we know what we're facing down south. So if you had a choice, like I said, taking anybody's opinion out of it except your own, if you had a choice, do you think it's all about playing the best and just maybe getting to the state title game? Or do you think, should there be a 4A situation where you have a chance to actually compete for a state championship?
2: Well, I've, I feel like there's several different perspectives, and I respect I respect every coach. I played three sports in high school, two in college, um, not very well, so that's why I have been coaching this long. Um, but you know other sports are cut sports They're, um, and I've coached them so it's not like I'm some football guy that, that's saying oh baseball is different I know baseball is different because I've coached baseball um, and so I understand what it takes to be successful you know coaching baseball and, or coaching basketball or coaching you know other sports football is a as you alluded to earlier, you know, numbers help, right? And so um, there are certain teams that are able to have better numbers and pick those numbers, you know, freely, and it puts them in in a much better situation, whether they have twice the amount of enrollment or they have, you know, are able to draw in people from wherever they want to, to go to their school and be a part of their program because they're successful. So I, I, in my opinion, it's, it's mine's pretty simple. It's, it's, I feel like you should compete against like-sized schools for football, for sure. And I think that should go with, with all sports. Um, I have also heard people mention that if you're only in it to win state championships, that you're, you're disappointed 97% of the time and you're missing the boat. I agree with that as well. I mean, because in all those sports that I talked about, whether it's high school, college, or whatever, I have been a part of two state championship teams. I was an assistant football coach on one, and I was a player on a baseball team for another. And that's it. Here I am, you know, 30-some years later. And so I I get that. Um, But for me, it's pretty simple. I feel like Northern Nevada football – Northern Nevada teams should be playing um, against – similar enrollment schools.
1: Now, I have two more questions left, but just to lastly touch on that, do you think, because you've coached so many sports and because you seem pretty well-rounded when it comes to not just football, because there are some football coaches out here that it's football 100% of the time, or what are you doing? But it was interesting talking to some of the coaches. Some are like, hey, all the sports should just stay in 4A. Or do you think there is, because you have that background, hey, you know, maybe Joe O'Malley over at Spanish Springs, who's winning wrestling state titles like like they're going out of style here, uh, maybe he should stay in 5A because he is competing against like schools in that sport. Do you have an opinion on uh, keeping all sports the same or maybe mix and match?
3: Well,
2: like I said, those sports, those other sports where there's a little bit more of a specialization – I mean, there is a a definite argument that, you know, that that the advantage changes, you know, the advantage changes when you have weight classes that people have to fit into versus I've got five offensive linemen and, you know, nobody cares whether they weigh 150 pounds or 350 pounds and the people are going to play have 150 pound to 350 pound. And so there's There's obvious differences in those sports, so if someone is who's you know a high level thinker that that can make all that work and and make as many of those other sports match up accordingly in in a way to where, the, where the competitive balance still is you know what everybody likes, then great. Um, usually, it just seems like it's easier to blanket. Say, "This is the way it's got to be, this is the way it's got to be," which is why which is why we've ended up with 84 to six in a state title game, or, you know, five, whatever six years ago that was, you know, when Liberty we beat us and then went on to lose 84 to six, or whatever the score was. Um, which is why you can have that sometimes in football, because everyone's decided that the best way to do it is to keep the sports all the same.
1: Now, this question, second to last question, I find rather interesting because you said you want a state championship as an assistant coach, but you also want a state championship as a player in in different sports. I find this hard because, and this is personally for me, it's hard to not have control of a game. It's hard to not be in it. As a coach, I always find it interesting how you guys can game plan, game game plan, and then you're... You're executing on the practice football field. You're executing with the guys in the weight room. But when it comes to game day, you guys only have so much control. How is it just standing on the sideline knowing we prepped, we did everything we can, but I ultimately, while I have some factor in this win-loss, I don't have everything, and the player's got to execute?
2: Uh, to me, that goes into the relationships that you've built with those people, with those kids, and, and watching that. That's why we – Coach. that's why we went into this because there that is the important part of it and and the you know having a part of their growth and their improvement and all of those things that come with that and getting to know those kids in the process is just as much or if not more fun than you know playing right field in a state championship game and you know as a high school kid you know, and, and the relationships you have with those teammates. Um, it, it's, it, to me, it's, it's, you know, yeah, can it be frustrating sometimes? Absolutely. But it, it's certainly what keeps us coming back year in, year out and doing this.
1: Last question, and I appreciate your time. Um, w- if you were to forecast, because it's the beginning of your tenure, you could be here for a year or you could be at Joe Sellers and be there for God knows how long. I, I feel like Joe Sellers is still an assistant somewhere, even if he is in his own living room watching Friday Night Lights. But if you had to forecast out the perfect Ty Greg situation when you're leaving Damani, what's your legacy here?
2: You know, like I said, I think the, just the relationships of, of, of people, which, you know, having been here for six years already, um, been able to do that, as an assistant coach and a teacher here, you know, to where guys were able to come, you know, walk in the door that had played for Coach Dupree and be able to walk in and say, hey, Coach, we want to coach now. We want to coach with you, you know. And it wouldn't have mattered if it was Coach Dupree sitting in that chair or if it was me sitting in the chair. You know, they, their experiences here led them back here. And, and so I, I think that that's a huge part of it. Whether or not, you know, I'm, I'm still head coach next year. Um, still the head coach next year, or it goes for another ten years. You know, after the conversation I have with my family, I know what I'm comfortable with, and you know, I, I'm I'm willing to do it. You know, for longer than one year, if if, if they want me to, and so to me, it's just going to be continue to build those relationships, and just in a different role, and. I'm going to be happy with those relationships when I step out the door.
1: Well, thank you so much for the time. Sure.
2: Thank you. you
1: no, know, it's really interesting talking to a coach like Coach Greg because he's gone through the assistant rank as far as being an assistant head coach, moved into the head coaching role out in North Valleys, and stepped back, hindsight 2020, evaluated how he'd want to be a head coach again. And then when the opportunity arose – rather peculiar way of getting it. But he did land that job at Demonte Ranch High School. And he looks like, from what I'm seeing, he's taking it and he's running with it. And I actually uh, had a lot of fun sitting down with Coach Craig. Uh, really enjoyed our conversation because seems like even if his program's not at a state championship level, he's got the capability and he's bringing in some fresh minds uh, I believe he mentioned Kendall Brock played at the University of Nevada and uh, just some great youthful minds that he wants to incorporate the guys that went to DeMoni Ranch he wants to bring the players back and uh, we heard that with Coach Howron we're going to hear that with uh, Coach Hummel upcoming this week and Coach Hughes this week um, all these well-rounded coaches here in Northern Nevada they know The culture here in Northern Nevada—they know the guys that come through these programs, and they want to bring them back. They want to bring them up, and they—they know that you know, coach coaching isn't always the most paying, high-paying job. It isn't always the most rewarding, in in, as far as uh, stock options or things of that nature. But when it comes to helping these kids out and really teaching them, not only about the game but about being young men and progressing to the next level of life, whether that be a student athlete at the college level or whether that just be a student at the college level or a skilled trade worker. All those aspects of life that you learn in high school football from these great coaches is transferable to the next level, whatever that be. So that's something I really did appreciate when talking about Coach Greg. Um, As I said, he, he was very aware of where his program is are they going to win a state championship this year probably not are they going to compete though with the rest of those teams absolutely because uh, a guy like coach greg has that knowledge and that history and that self-awareness of knowing well i did it this way here we're going to change that we're going to tinker it and i'm going to do it here i i wanted to be the young gun and do it my way here at this time I'm gonna rely on some of my assistants because they've been around the game and know a few things as well. So uh, just some great insight from him really appreciated all that he offered us in that interview. Uh, you know if, if you really think about some of his answers, uh, he really put a lot of thought into um, not just his answers but thinking about every single kid and what they had to offer. Our next interviews, we're gonna do a couple of more. But uh, one that I do want to start off with, uh, Derek Watson, had some good insight as far as the offensive line perspective. And I was telling somebody the other day, I don't know if it's me just getting a touch older and now covering high school sports over ten years, but I think Derek Watson um, and other offensive linemen I've interviewed have had some of the some of the great interviews because. While some of the skilled guys, they have terrific mentalities, they have terrific abilities, some of the offensive linemen have the same thing but don't always get the recognition. So when they speak, they really think about what they're saying and they really are thorough in their their analysis of the game and ultimately uh, what they have to offer. So we're going to play that interview with Derek Watson. Um, thanks again to Coach Greg. But here is Derek Watson. Offensive lineman of the Mustangs. Here with Derek Watson, left guard at Damonte Ranch High School. Derek, last season, you guys had a lot of bright moments. You ended the year, though, in a tough way, losing at Bishop and Oak. How do you guys look and reflect on that game and let it, whether it be motivate you, tick you off? Wh- what do you take from that game that brings into this season
3: it definitely just gives us fire and motivates us more to just be better and to push harder so we can beat him this year
1: you guys have had a lot of changes this offseason you've now are with coach greg who is your head coach it was there was another head coach prior to that but um circumstances changed and now you've got coach greg how do you feel that uh Obviously, you're only doing practices right now in the weight room, but how do you feel that he has helped the culture in different ways that Coach Dupree did not?
3: Um, He just really, I feel like he connects with players really well, and he makes sure that we stay on top of all our stuff, and I think he's a really good fit for our team.
1: Most definitely. Uh, You guys have a lot of great assistants on staff, some new, some older that came from the previous regime. Um, are there any assistants that you really feel take your game and help you take it to the next level?
3: Uh, definitely uh, Coach Chase Lynch. He is my personal like individual coach. He is our lineman coach, and he definitely helps improve my game a lot.
1: Now I've got a couple of fun questions. They make you think about yourself a little bit more, but I'll ask you a few of them. In a perfect world, Derek Watson, you're playing great football in 5 years where do you see yourself
3: I would love to play at UNR that'd be really cool or honestly just any level next um, whether that's D1 D2 D3 Juco as long as I'm still on the field that's all that I ask for
1: Now one aspect of the game that is often overlooked but shouldn't be You guys all the way from whether it was SYFL Pop Warner all the way through your middle school years to now, you guys have had a lot of support from coaching from your fellow players, but most importantly, friends and family. What When I say friends and family, going through your football career so far, what does that mean to you?
3: Personally, my parents have helped me a lot because they got me started in football in fifth or sixth grade, and they always were supportive. They got me all my gear. And they definitely just help push me through. They help me with my sponsorships, and they really motivate me to do my best during the year.
1: One thing that a lot of people don't get to know about you are your hobbies and your interest outside of football. What's something that the common person uh, doesn't know about Derek Watson?
3: Um, that's a hard one. Football is definitely a big part of my life, but I also like to hang out with a lot of my friends, you know, go to the lake. I have a job that I try to get to after football ends. Um, So, yeah, I'm definitely a very busy person, and that's, that's tough during the season sometimes, but I definitely always put football first because it's just the most important to me.
1: Which strengths do you believe make you a great athlete?
3: Definitely. I feel like you just have to be really aware because, especially as an O-lineman, I you just have to keep your eyes up and, like, you have to see things a lot. Like, whether that's second-level blitzing or just different stunts on the, the, on the D-line, it's just you have to be aware.
1: Now, this is a question that you could look to your fellow teammates, fellow coaches, or you could look at NFL or college players, but is there a role model out there? And heck, it could even be your parents. A role model out there that you really look up to when you're talking about your game that you want to try to mold yourself after.
3: Um, I'm personally a 49ers fan, so a lot of the 49ers alignment are just a big inspiration to me, and I love watching them on Sundays. So
1: That's a good answer. Now, two more questions. The coaches put a lot of faith in you. They, they believe that you're a great great player why do you feel when it comes to the left guard spot you're the best man for the job
3: personally i think i'm the best man for the job because um i earned it last year and so this year i just have another year of experience on my belt and i'm still working just as hard my maxes are going up and i still feel like i'm improving my game every single day
1: what's one of your weaknesses that you need to improve upon because, you know, some players do have weaknesses and they want to turn them into strengths. What would be your weakness?
3: Um, definitely think that um, when I, like, get beat once or twice that I just need to turn it into a positive and, you know, go back on film and see how I got beat and fix it, you know.
1: Last question here, and this one you kind of have to reflect on yourself. So, what do you believe currently today high school football athletes, what is their greatest challenge they face today?
3: Um, it used to be COVID, but with that over now, I think that just banding together and you know sometimes the smoke gets a little rough. Uh, we just have to get our school working. We have to get our grades up. Number one, that's definitely most important over football, 100%, because without grades, you're not going anywhere.
1: Well, thank you for the time. Thank you. Derek has a lot of great insight when it comes to being a student-athlete that is working, that is reflecting on smoke that could be affecting practice, that's thinking about COVID, that is something we've all dealt with over the past few years. Um, Just something that I found interesting about Derek is he is not just your typical offensive lineman that's thinking exclusively about football he he wants to go to the lake with his friends he wants to focus on his job he's as he said grades are first and foremost and you just you think about this and you think about how much sometimes student athletes have put on their plate between grades between social life between potentially a second job or a job rather um you know, it it it's a lot to take in, and sometimes I, I feel like uh can be taken for granted when talking about student athletes. But without further ado, we're going to switch it over to our next interview. Cooper Anderson, quarterback that played last year, almost played a complete season. His first two weeks he did miss COVID, due to COVID, rather. And he he gave us some insight, and I actually thought. One of his answers regarding uh, his hobbies was quite interesting, something you'd never guess uh, your starting quarterback would be into. I'm here with Cooper Anderson, quarterback of the Damani Ranch Mustangs. Cooper, a question that I've asked everybody about, whether it be at Bishop Oak, at Reed, Spanish Springs. We talk about the last game because we always reflect on you're only as good as your last product you showed on the field. Last game, you guys had a tough loss against Bishop Minogue, ending your season last year. How do you take that game in and turn it into a positive for this year, knowing uh, you guys have some different circumstances and some different teammates that may be able to change the result?
4: Well, all of us seniors that were juniors last year definitely remember and appreciate the loss so that we could work harder and figure it out this summer and then battle back next year to make it even.
1: Now... We reflected on a lot of last year with the ending game, but you look at this year, it's almost like a completely different ball game when you've got a new head coach, new program, a lot of new teammates. Uh, Things have changed a little bit. How do you handle that transition being one of the constants going from the previous regime to this one?
4: Uh, Our faculty has definitely changed, and our offense has changed, but You know, we're still the same players. We're still the same family. We all want the same thing. Goal is still the same. We want that regional championship. So all of our guys are here to play, no matter who's coaching us, no matter what we're running. We're here to play.
1: Now you mentioned some of those faculty changes. Uh, Coach Dupree did a lot of great things. Obviously he had a winning streak, unlike anybody else, winning percentage. Um, Overall just a winner. But you look at Coach Greg. He seems like a very nice, even keel guy that's uh, getting you guys motivated out there on the practice field. What are some of the differences that you really love about Coach Greg?
4: Uh, I love Coach Greg because he's pretty nonchalant. Uh, he can be stern when he wants to. Uh, he definitely has a lot of experience that makes him a great coach and a, a great person to talk to about football.
1: Now this year, like I said, there are some constants, but there are some changes are, is there anybody on offense that you're, you're like, I need to talk about this guy because he is going to be a breakout star come this season because without him, or with him rather, you're going to have just that much better of a season?
4: Well, uh, Drew Vargas and Jed Norman will be really good receivers. I'm, I'm very excited about our tight ends, and our young offensive line is going to be really nice. Uh, they should grow up to be very good players.
1: Now, Damani has had a lineage past through Cade to now of great quarterbacks. There's a lot of expectation there. How do you live up to those standards or do you shut out that noise and try to be yourself?
4: So there's a lot of shoes. There's big shoes to fill. Uh, definitely being behind Cade and Ethan Culpin. It's, it's a lot of stress but staying within yourself and everything should turn out well.
1: Now I'm going to move into some more internal questions, just kind of reflecting on yourself, uh, thinking about the future, that kind of deal. Um, in a perfect world, Cooper, where do you see yourself in five years?
4: In a perfect world, I'm playing college football somewhere, going into my senior year, and everything's fine.
1: What do you believe to be one of your biggest weaknesses, and how do you make that a strength?
4: i say our biggest weakness is our numbers. Uh, we don't have as many kids as a lot of the other schools do. So that really it makes it so kids have to play more. They have to play for longer amounts of time. So we have to be stronger than all the other teams. We have to be more conditioned and everything. So that sets us apart from the rest.
1: Now this is not part of my questions, but I, it just sparked on me uh, when you're talking here. A lot of people, I ask a lot of very singular questions towards them. You're saying a lot of we, we, we. What does that speak to and where does that come from? Because obviously the leadership's there to where, you know, if there's a mistake, it's obviously on you. But you, you seem like the type of guy, we thrive, we have success, we are a good team. A lot of we's, not a lot of me's. You, do you want to speak on that?
4: Well, we've all always been told that football is the ultimate team sport. So no one guy can make a difference. Uh, it takes 11. You've got to do your 111. So, yeah, it makes us a family being closer.
1: Now I'll get back to a personal question. Why do you feel you're the best choice at your position to be the starting quarterback at Demonte Ranch High School?
4: Uh, I feel that I'm the best choice because I've just been doing it the longest. Um, I know the offense. I know the reads, and I play baseball, so I, I throw a lot. So I'm pretty conditioned for that.
1: Now, Cooper, tell us something that people do not know about you outside of football that you think maybe somebody would find interesting.
4: Um, I like to read, and I want to write a book.
1: It's a very interesting one. We haven't heard that yet. If there is a coach or athlete, it could be here at the school. It could be... In the NFL, college, somebody that you model your game after or model just life after. I mean, it could be your dad just being a terrific guy. I mean, any of the answers could be applicable.
4: Uh, Coach Kendall Brock, he really, was a really good role model for me. He's our offensive coordinator. He's played at UNR and a bunch of other schools, and he's been coaching for a long time. I really like his coaching style and how much he connects with us.
1: Okay, here's the last question. It's probably the most reflective question. What do you believe is the greatest challenge facing athletes today? And that's high school football athletes individually. I've heard anything from mental health all the way down to uh, COVID being previous. I've heard a plethora of answers. So what do you believe is the greatest challenge?
4: Uh, I'm also going to say mental health because to play football, at least in this program, it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of mental strength you got to wake up real early every morning you got to go to bed early even though it's the summer yeah
1: well thank you for the time thank you every starting quarterback gives us their outlook on things but i think cooper has a very good outlook when it comes to understanding his teammates understanding the positions that he has put himself into and understanding that the positions he was put in. Because uh, as we have stated a few times on the podcast. Sean Dupree left. Then there was another head coach hired. And then. Coach Di Greg came in. And is now the head coach. And I think. Uh, that can really wear on a lot of players. But. Uh, Cooper has done a good job. Keeping the team together. Doing what he can. And now we're going to talk to. Drew Vargas. Uh, we had some trouble with the audio here, so I do apologize ahead of time there. But we're going to talk to Drew Vargas, a receiver, or as I like to call him, the Swiss Army knife of Demonte Ranch football. Uh, kind of can do a little bit of everything. So here's Drew. I'm here with Drew Vargas. As I would say, the Swiss Army knife of Demonte Ranch football. He plays a little bit of everything, but specifically great year at receiver last year but the tough part of having a great season is you didn't end it with a state title or even a regional championship you lost to bishop minogue in a heartbreaker how do you guys reflect on a game like that because it was a tough loss and i'm sure your teammates and you really had a tough time processing that how do you transition that to this year
5: well it was definitely a hard loss like just thinking back on it it's, it's hard to think about but this whole year like Throughout all this offseason, I've just been using it as motivation. When I'm lifting, I'm on the field, I'm working as hard as I can, so that won't happen again this year.
1: Now, obviously, you played a huge role last year with Coach Dupree. Coach Greg comes over. There was a head coach in the middle, but Coach Greg is the guy now. Um, and he's implemented some new things. He's kept some of the same. How do you feel the transition has been, and how do you feel it's changed you for the better?
5: I feel like it's been a pretty smooth transition because he's been here he was our freshman head coach for all of us seniors so it just it's been pretty smooth and then for our seniors, it's just made us like a we had to step up when there was no head coach because the pre was leaving so we had to step up and be the leader so it just made us all tight now you talk about that leadership
1: uh you all the players I've interviewed today are all pretty good leaders in the locker room. How do you guys? handle that when when you have no head coach do you guys just get on a text chain and say we're practicing today regardless or what do you, what did you guys do in that time period that uh make you guys bond so well
5: well we have zero period every morning before school and not a lot of schools do that so we have high expectations that everyone's going to be here so we just held everyone accountable like you have to be here even if there's not a head coach us seniors just had to take over pretty much
1: Okay, we're going to go on some of the more reflective questions. And some of these you may like. Some of these may make you think a little more.
5: In a perfect world, Drew Vargas, where are you in five years? I'd say playing college football somewhere, preferably Nevada, falling after my dad. So, yeah, that's pretty much where I'd be. Now, you've got a lot of strengths.
1: I I, I joke about being the Swiss Army knife of this program, but... What would you say is one of your weaknesses as a player, and how do you turn that possibly into a
5: strength? Well, I feel that I'm just, like, I'm a pretty relaxed guy. Like, most guys are pretty competitive and always fired up, and I'm kind of just, like, quiet, you know? So I just have to be able to, like, flip the switch when games come on and turn that competitive nature right back on.
1: I got two questions off script that I just thought about when you were talking about your dad. First question... Your dad, everybody knows who he is. I mean, my goodness. He's, he's UNR through and through, Nevada through and through. How is it? How is it dealing with – because there's been some players here at Demonte Ranch that have had notable dads. I mean, Cade McNamara's dad was a head baseball coach at Nevada and played college baseball. There's Mm -hmm. lots of important parents that have played roles. But how, with somebody as significant as your dad, how do you either A, differentiate yourself or B, just embrace who you are?
5: I feel like I've just embraced it. He's never pushed me to, like, do anything I wanted, but I've always wanted to embrace him and, like, follow in his footsteps, so – I just feel like following in his footsteps is going to – it's been the best option for me.
1: And you talk about following in his footsteps. One of the only things you didn't do that he did, uh, which probably there is some rhyme or reason behind it, you're playing receiver while he's playing quarterback. Was it it very easy catching from dad
5: uh, in the backyard growing up? I mean, yeah. I mean, he wasn't throwing it too hard, but, yeah, it was – it was just, I played quarterback freshman year, actually, but I switched to receiver because we have Cooper, and Cooper's obviously a great quarterback, so I just made that change.
1: A couple of quick last questions for you. Outside of football, what are some of the fun hobbies that Drew Vargas likes to do, uh, whether it be hanging out with teammates, whether it be some fun item like Cooper likes to
5: read and write here? What do, what do you got for us? Honestly, I would say, like, I like to listen to music. I love music, and I'm... If you see me, I probably have headphones, and I'm always listening to music, so that's my hobby. Specific genre? I'd say rap, hip-hop. You got it.
1: Well, we'll end on this note. Who do you be- – or what do you believe is the greatest challenge to athletes today, and that being high school football athletes?
5: I'd, I'd probably say mental health, especially in this program because we're waking up early every morning, and we're pushing us – pushing everyone to, the, to their limits. So just like mentally you have to be strong and push through. But when it gets to those Friday nights, it, it'll make you ready. Thank you so much for the time, Drew. Thank you.
1: Great insight that we got from Drew Vargas, uh, his dad being the quarterback he was at the University of Nevada. Um, you, you always wonder what kind of an impact that has. Uh, we saw last night a uh, different sport, but Major League Baseball draft, there were four kids in the first round that their dads had previously played baseball. So you see how sometimes lineage can really have an effect when it comes to athletics. And uh, we've seen that actually a lot in northern Nevada. I mean, talk about that Major League Baseball draft. While um, Robbie Snelling's dad was not uh, a baseball player, Jim Snelling was, in my opinion, a future NIAA Hall of Fame Uh, head coach. I mean, the guy competed in the state championship game last year, and uh, when when you've got a dad that really can mentor you and take you to different mentalities and different heights that other guys don't have, you know, I don't want to say it's an advantage, but it kind of can be an advantage if you utilize it correctly. So, uh, we appreciate Drew Vargas giving us that insight. Um, Our last interview, we're going to talk to Alex Rodehofer. His brother... Uh, Cade Rodehofer the year prior played the same position at tight end and um, I just thought it was interesting some of the answers he gave and what he thought about Demonte Ranch football as a whole. I have Alex Rodahoffer, a tight end and defensive end here at Demonte Ranch High School. Alex, you have an interesting situation where your brother was tight end last year and now you're just filling on in to his shoes. How is it not only filling the storied legacy of players that are here at Damani Ranch and have been here, but filling in your brother's shoes? Uh, it's fun.
6: I mean, I like carrying on the bloodline. I like carrying on the Rodehoffer name. Um, hopefully, I'll be the as good as he was, maybe even better. You know, but it's definitely it's a challenge. You know, I always I hold myself to high standards, so I want to. I want to show him up. I mean, I love him. He's my brother. He's my role model. But I want to be better than he is.
1: Alex Rodahoff,er tight end and defensive end here. Alex, you have dealt with some transition. All the players here at Demonte Ranch have, you know, you went from Coach Dupree. There was a head coach in the middle and now Coach Greg. How does it feel dealing with the transition? Is it tough on you guys? Is it something that brings you guys together a little more? Um, how has that transition be, been, because it's kind of been fast and furious? Um, it, at first it was hard, you know, we had a new coach
6: coming on, We uh, Dupree was leaving, we all knew Dupree all three years, and he's been here for 10 plus years, so it was hard when he first told us that he was leaving, and then uh, our our newer coach after that, he told us he was leaving too, and then now it's up to Coach Greg, but uh, after all that, after kind of we went through the tough of it, it's gotten a lot easier. Coach Greg's uh, he's done a great job carrying on the DRFP, uh, you know, the, uh, culture. So it, it's, it's been getting better.
1: Alex, you guys suffered a tough loss at the end of last year against Bishop Minogue. How do you either use that as motivation or, uh, move on to the next game from there? How do you use that game for future use?
6: Uh, it's fuel for our whole team. You know, we all remember that feeling of getting, uh, getting killed that night. It was a, it was a horrible night. Um, and honestly, none of us ever want to feel that again. So it just pushes us to work hard every single day. It's always in the back of our mind. It's that chip on our shoulder. So, um, yeah, it, it just—it really just pushes us. It makes us better every single day.
1: Alex, Coach Dupree had obviously a ton of winning ways. But Coach Greg comes in. Culture feels like it's changed a little bit. How do you guys reflect on not just the process of Coach Greg coming in, but just what Coach Greg brings to the table, because obviously it's a different way of doing things. But there may be some positives and some new, better ways of seeing some things that he does.
6: Yeah. So Coach Greg, he he brings a uh, familiarity to the program. You know, we've we've all known him. He's been here just as long as we all have, and uh, it it feels like the program is uh, staying the same. You know, it doesn't feel like a whole lot has changed. Um, he's he's been a great coach so far. He's he's got he's got big shoes to fill, but I think he can do it. Uh, I have a lot of trust in him, and I think he has a lot of potential to be a great coach for us this year.
1: We're going to go to some of these more reflective questions. Alex Rodehoffer. in five years, if I was to tell you everything's going right in life and it's perfect, where are you, what are you doing, and what does Alex Rodehoffer's life look like?
6: I think I'll be finishing up my uh, senior year at UNR, getting ready for my last uh, season of football.
1: Love the answer. We're going to go to a couple more reflective questions. You're playing both sides of the ball. You're playing a tight end and defensive end. Why do you feel coaches feel you're the best choice at starting those positions?
6: Uh, I truly just think it's because I work the hardest. You know, I show up every single day. I work hard every day, and I uh, I, I try to my best to outperform everyone else who wants my position. Um, I'm super competitive. I've always been that way, and I just won't be able to I won't be able to be okay with myself if I'm letting someone else outwork me.
1: Now, when we're talking strengths and weaknesses, what would you say is one of your biggest weaknesses, and how do you turn that into possibly a strength? So like I said, I'm just
6: super competitive. So if if I'm in a game and I'm messing up or I have a bad play, sometimes I'll I'll let it get to me, you know, and it'll get in my head and I'll start thinking about it and I'll overthink. And then sometimes that will affect my game. But um, so just kind of working on that, you know, just getting better, just knowing that there's always a next play. And then just uh, if you mess up, just – go out the next play, work harder, and uh, yeah, do your best after that.
1: Now we reflect on a lot of things, but one of the reflections is growing up, you had a lot of support. You had friends, you had coaches, you had teachers. Is there a role model, whether it be high school, and I'm talking it could be your dad just being a great dad. Or is there a role model like in the NFL or college that you want to model your game after? It could be life or football. Who is one of your role models that you really appreciate?
6: Uh, definitely my older brother, Cade, for sure. Um, he, he's the hardest worker I know. He does great in school. He's a great football player, and he's a great older brother to me. He's always been a role model, and I every day I just look up to him. I see what he does, and I'm like, wow, I really want to be like that, and I want to work hard to uh, fill his shoes and just be like be like him every single day.
1: Now, Alex, uh, you seem like a real interesting guy. Let, let the people know, outside of football, what would be something that they don't know about you that makes you interesting or maybe a hobby you do? Um, outside of
6: football, I would say
1: I'm just kind of a really chill, nonchalant kind of guy, you know? I don't really like to go out
6: and do a whole lot of stuff. You know, I like to hang out with a few people, you know, I have a small little friend group, but outside of football, you know, I'm just kind of a normal, uh, normal guy and uh, just kind of like to stay with football
1: and family and friends and that's about it. Last question. I think it's the most reflective question. What do you feel is the greatest challenge facing athletes today and specifically high school football athletes? Um, I would say definitely the pressure to play
6: well. You know, there's a lot of athletes that football is all they have. And if they don't make it in football, most of the time they feel like they won't make it in life. So a lot of these athletes that we're seeing, they their life is football, and they work every day to be to successful in football and make it to the next level. And then because uh, they they just want to look out for their families, look out for themselves, and football is that outlet that lets them do
1: that. Thank you for the time. Of course. We appreciate Alex Cooper, Derek, uh, Coach Greg. Uh, just just great interviews. I mean. You know, we got insight that we normally don't always get, and and we really appreciate all their inside and interview uh, content because they really give us a look at what some of these kids have to deal with when not everybody's looking. I mean, you know, uh, we talked about how there was the transition of head coaches. You know, I didn't think about it until, in, until interviewing them. What do you do in that situation if you're a kid and you're seeing the RGJ or Battleborne Preps, or uh, a variety of different outlets, uh, Nevada Sports Net, just posting "Hey, head coach out" or "Head coach in." What is your thoughts the next morning? Do I go to zero period? Do we continue some kind of practice? Um, not just the kids, but the assistant coaches. Do, how do they proceed? Um, so you really got to commend not only the kids but the assistant coaches that uh, just kind of kept going, keep on keeping on um, through some of that transition that happened this previous offseason. i got to give it to the Demonte Ranch Mustangs. We really appreciate the time. And we will have either the Spanish Spring Cougars coming up this upcoming Friday or we will have the Reed Raiders. Stay tuned to see which one of those come up. And as always, I should be putting out more stories on bbpreps.com and also be putting out some more content as far as interviews from Bishop and Oak players coming out this week. Thank you again, and until next time.
0: You've been listening to the Battleborn Preps Podcast. (laughs) If you're a parent, student, or staff of Northern Nevada High School Sports, you can always trust us with news and info. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Twitter at Battleborn Preps. And for schedules, news, and more info, hit the website at bbpreps.com. See you next time on the Battleborn Preps Podcast.